In today's episode, we are talking about partnerships. Maybe you're thinking of going in partnership with someone else for business or in your ministry. Stay tuned. This is Thrive 1110 with Bold Care A of Bold Care Financial, guiding you toward business success and bringing clarity to personal finance. This is Thrive 1110. Welcome to Thrive 1110. This is the show where we give you Bible-friendly, practical tips on business and money so you can thrive. And as you thrive, remember the Lord your God who gives you this ability to thrive and be an agent of transformation in your family, in your community, and in your city. My name is Bol Kere, your host, and uh, today I have the pleasure of uh, entertaining you on this subject of business partnerships. Uh, And it will also apply to some extent, to some degree, to uh, ministry partnerships. And I have a special guest with me today to help us unpack this subject and give you uh, insights and and wisdom you can uh, run away with. And um, this special guest that I have today, I've come to know him a little bit over a year ago. He is a man that I respect a lot. I have a great respect for him. And... uh, He's actually leading a discipleship, a marketplace discipleship group in which I'm part of, and um, it's called The Way. I'm going to let him talk about it a bit as we start the show, and uh, please um, um, come on board, uh, Paul. Paul Neustader, excuse me if I'm uh, not pronouncing the the last name correctly, but let me try that again. Paul Neustader, is that correct, Paul? Hi, Bull. That is great. Well done. And thank you so much for the invitation. Great spending some time here with you. And I'm looking forward to, uh, yeah, to sharing some different things about assessing and establishing business partnerships. Thank you very much, Paul. And uh, Paul, as we start, would you mind giving us a brief introduction of, uh, of, um, of your background in business and, and maybe tell us a little bit more of uh, your current involvement in ministry and, uh, and the way? Sure, gladly. Um, you know, I'll be brief. I still have to go back to when I was 12 years old. At 12 years old, I wanted to be a car dealer. That was my dream. And so after Bible college, I uh, did 10 weeks in uh, missions in Japan. And at the end of that, I sought God and asked him, you know, missions or business? What do you want me to be doing? And I really sensed it was to be business after that, but to always be missional. So while at the same time I decided if the Lord would also later on call me into something like a full-time ministry, I wanted to always be able to listen and obey Him. So the car business, I started off my career selling cars and then eventually ended up owning a Chrysler Ram Jeep store, a Fiat dealership and a used car store and a trailer business. And really I, I planned to stay in business till I was 75. Uh, I will tell you, I told my wife 75, but I was going to always promise myself that I'd under promise, over deliver, and then surprise her at age 74 and retire. <laughs> <laughs> well, it happened that in 2013, I was on a vision trip to China, a missions trip that was a vision trip, and I got this ministry challenge. And I, I thought, should I be going into ministry? And this is what I had the Lord had been placing in my heart. So my wife and I, we said uh, through a process, we just said, yes, Lord, if this is what you want us to do, then we will do that. And uh, I was much younger than that, of course, just 
about about 50 years old at that point. And um, only to then be told in a vivid dream to stay in business. And it was super clear. So although the dream was super clear, at the same time, I actually sensed, Bold, that at some point the Lord may call me into some type of ministry with the marketplace. So I actually prepared our business and our family for that potential. And then about four years later, it was 2016, the end of that year, and through 2017, I started getting whispers from the Lord via scripture, you know, unique circumstances or words from other people that simply confirmed that really I needed to be obedient to the Lord. And at, uh, yeah, around 51 years old, I uh, sold the automobile businesses and that was four, well, actually I was 52 years old. So I'm, that was four years ago. And uh, we kept the RV camper and commercial trailer business. And then in 2019, the Lord called me to stay in business and to spend most of my time doing ministry in the marketplace. So I felt that he also wanted me to find help in leading our business while spending time leading the ministry. And how was I to do that? That was a conundrum. And yet in uh, 2020, now um, that's when I continued in business and we started a ministry under the umbrella of Church Renewal. It's called Marketplace Leaders Renewal. We uh, use a ministry tool, a discipleship tool called The Way, and that is what Bold referred to. And here we do individual daily devotions. We use the same material as a group, and we deepen our relationship with Jesus. And then we connect once a week for an hour on Zoom to share how the Holy Spirit's been guiding us and what the Lord drew to our attention in the lesson that impacted our hearts and changed our lives this past week. And so that's what we do on a weekly basis. And uh, in Marketplace Leader Renewal, our mission is equipping marketplace leaders to be catalysts for renewal in their spheres of influence. And bold, this is where I met you. <laughs> wow, this is... And by the way, if you're listening to this, you just heard what Paul mentioned about the way, about church renewal and, and how it impacts uh, our marketplace leaders. Um, if you're interested in giving a try to this um, to this uh, program, to this uh, discipleship program. Let me know, uh, because if I'm not mistaken, Paul, there's a way to, to try this out for a few weeks, right? Yes, there is. Coming up the week of January 24th, we have uh, an opportunity to jump in, join a group, men and women in business, marketplace leaders, business owners, professionals, entrepreneurs, senior level managers, and you get to try a, a three-week test drive. It's four meetings where you can check this out. If you like it, great. You continue. If you say, no, it's not for me, no problem at all. But that's starting in 2022, January 24th, that week. Excellent. So, yeah, so you have the invitation if you're listening and uh, you, you, you recognize yourself in the type of um, target group uh, that Paul was mentioning. Um, if you want to try this, just reach out and uh, I'll make sure to uh, establish the right connections so you can uh, try this out. Mm -hmm. Now, let's, let's dive in into a subject for today, which is partnerships. Uh, Paul, you've, you've, you've had to have partnerships in your business career and even now probably. And uh, I wanted to uh, talk about this subject because I, I sense it's really important. Either uh, whether you're, you're listening, you're trying to go into partnership or it it's a reality that might come down the road for you or you're already into a partnership um, 
be it a business partnership or a ministry partnership, what are the things that you need to know so that your partnership can really uh, reflect the heart of God and, um, and so that you can thrive in that partnership? So, Paul, um, as we start, there's this question in, in my mind, and, uh, and um, take the time that you feel necessary to answer this. Are there specific good reasons to enter into a partnership like that? Or are there maybe bad reasons for which we should not enter into partnerships? Oh, I think that uh, when we start in partnerships, I mean, if you don't need a partnership, if you're, there's no purpose to serve having a partner, then actually don't do it. Don't be in a partnership. And yet most partnerships, there's uh, the reason that we actually get involved is because the other person is offering something that you don't have, whether that's time, whether that is money, whether it's a business acumen or a particular skill or develop, you know, something they've developed that you go, yeah, this is actually going to benefit both people. But if we're just replicating myself and you don't need that time or the money or those skills, then, you know, don't go into a partnership would be my advice. Oh, yeah. So, so if, if, if I understand what you're saying, it's if there's a need that someone else can meet and, and um, in the opposite, you are meeting someone else's need, uh, then these can be good reasons to uh, start talking about a partnership. Exactly. You know, I wanted to go into business with someone uh, recently that would be able to help develop our business while I would look after the ministry side of things. So time was my problem and someone else needed an opportunity and, you know, just to be able to work it out that they could get into a business. And that was a, a good fit for me. So that sets the table for us um, to continue talking about um, the partnership question. Now, I'd like maybe, Paul, if you can help us understand, um, having been in partnerships um, and, and being in one currently, like you mentioned, what are really the, um, uh, the stakes? Like what are the issues or problems that, that can arise if these things are not negotiated well, are not established on solid ground? Hmm. Yeah. You know, for myself, I wanted to uh, just give it, I think personal examples are helpful in this. And so I wanted to be able to pray with a partner to discuss our business from a spiritual perspective. And, and really bold, this is a problem because a person like this with a business acumen to manage our business, finding that person, that really would be a challenge. And I wanted to avoid the pitfalls that you hear of in business partnerships, the disasters, situation where good people with good intentions, they fall so far away from each other that they don't even communicate any longer. And eventually that partnership usually ends in a bad way. So, of course, you know, like I said, you want business acumen. And I just mentioned it's hard to find that, but a person... You know, who will be that partner for me? And that it's going to be tough. And so um, I really just sought the Lord and said, okay, I, I really want to have a believer to be a partner. And for me, that was really a, a core to, to that I would find a believer so that I would not be unequally yoked. And, you know, as, as you're talking about that, um, yes, um, finding a believer, it, it just makes me think, there are believers and believers, and, and not everybody that labels themselves like uh, as a believer or a Christian um, 
is really uh, like really lives out those values in their lifestyle, etc. Um, so, how can you maybe uh, make them assess assess that in someone that you 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 considering for partnership, giving these takes that that you mentioned, like it it can really ruin the relationship, even the business, and I'm yes. assuming it can even impact personal lives and and families as uh, as uh, business is affected as uh, business relationships etc it can even go as far as impacting um, the partners families etc so how is there a way that we can really discern if that person is real even though they label themselves as christians um, mm -hmm. how can we really be sure that they are the right fit I think what you're saying, Bold, is that the stakes are high and it's easy to get into a partnership. It's way more difficult to get out of a partnership. And so here's some things that are important. And from my perspective, um, you know, first, second Corinthians 614, it's a verse calling believers to be equally yoked. Now, to be yoked is referring to two oxen that are joined by this big wooden bar in order to complete work together. And these oxen, like they're tied together, they're hinged. And sometimes, you know, it's referred to in a marriage of a Christian and non-believer that they're unequally yoked. But I also view it as a business partnership, that it should be uh, another believer on, on the same page in that same chapter of the book, you know. Uh, being unequally yoked, it really means that the two oxen are not equal in strength. One's stronger, one's weaker. And how does it work functionally when oxen are not yoked? You know, they can't complete the work that they're called to do in a proper and effective way. Um, I've been in the car business, so you got to kind of imagine this like an SUV with three tires that are the correct size. And then one of those tiny little spare tires is the fourth tire. And if you try to go up a mountain trail, it's not going to happen. In fact, you'll make it up just a very short ways, and then you're going to have to, you will have destroyed your transfer case or the 4x4 system. So I believe that that's um, the picture of the yoke or the wheels that says Christians should not be partnered with unbelievers, or they'll not be able to live out the full Christian life that God wants for them. And the weaker unbeliever who lives according to this world will have different goals and an earthly perspective on things. So I think it's guaranteed that this will affect the ability of Christians in business who, who focus on Jesus and kingdom goals, that we are yoked together in that. So many Christians, I don't think they grasp why that command from the Apostle Paul is so important. You know, others actually ignore it and pretend it's not even there. So I think that uh, herein lies the problem. Wow, that's... I never saw it like that, and and I like this powerful illustration of this verse with uh, with the car. That's that that really uh, makes it come alive for me, and I'm sure uh, many people listening will really seize and grasp um, the the how important are the stakes with this illustration. Um, it 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 brings to mind this question though, like, what if there are people? What if um, people listening? are already in a partnership where they are not equally equally yoked. <laughs> it can be a kind of a difficult situation, a difficult question. And let's even assume things are going well uh, or seemingly well, let's say, but they are not 
equally yoked in terms of um, faith and etc. So, what is there? Is, is there any word of caution uh, or advice or insight that you want to um, say in those situations? I think Paul, I would go to Second Corinthians six fourteen to eighteen. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things, and I will welcome you, and I will be your father, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Almighty. <laughs> I don't need to comment on that bold. Scripture <laughs> says it very clearly. And, and that's, that's the word. I, I'm, I'm tempted to say either we take it or we don't take it. But it's the word, and it's the truth. So, uh, yeah, and all the instruction is there. Wow. And uh, I, I can't help but, but, but think of those out there listening right now and saying, but, like, things are going well, and, uh, yeah, my partner is not a Christian, but things are going okay. Should I just seek to dissolve the partnership? We just read the word. Um, any other thing you want to say on that, uh, Paul? Well, I think you touched on something before. If somebody is, you're not sure, are they kind of calling themselves a believer or are they actually abiding in Christ? And I, I think it's important that we take a look at some of the things that Jesus Christ is expecting from myself personally in me actually figuring out who my business partner should be because God, does he care about who I'm in business partnership with? Yeah, he does. We just read that in scripture. So let's take a look at um, my relationship or take a look at one's relationship with Jesus before we fully assess the partnership piece. You know, I think that uh, if we look and ask the Lord, okay, what do you want from me? And when I think about what does God want from me, he wants me to abide. That's a personal journey as disciples. It's completely dependent on something the Bible calls abiding. And Jesus said in John 15, 5 and 6, uh, yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. Friends, Jesus desires that we really thrive. Well, that's the name of bold show here. <laughs> He wants us to thrive. In this, we're presented with a clear and intriguing choice. Bear much fruit or be thrown away and wither. Abiding in Christ is the best way to get necessary spiritual nutrients. That's how I grow. You know, do you want to be healthy inside, at peace, tasting joy? So though our bodies still break down at some point, getting healthy on the inside can actually, and it will, have huge benefits for our physical health. So what's the impact of abiding in Jesus, you might ask? Well, first, the impact of abiding in Jesus is that we have a growing, close relationship with Jesus. 
And that is a huge thing. Uh, God, First uh, Corinthians 1, 9, God, who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, is faithful. He wants a fellowship. That's relationship. So I love that piece of that. And then he says, we won't wither. Well, Psalm 19, 7 says, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. He says in Hebrews, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. Did you catch that? That's all things. That's including you and I, Bold, <laughs> and all of our listeners. He wants to sustain all things. And then third, we've got victory over temptation to sin. And uh, wow, that's a temptation all the time in business. So victory over temptation to sin where we, you know, we have victory of those habitual sins that we might be struggling with day after day. And then two more points. Four, um, we need to grow in godly character, putting off our old self, putting on a new self. So I remember uh, back in 1989, my first week in car sales, starting off in my career, I actually, in my first week, met a customer who wanted a particular car, and I lied to them that that was the background of the car. They wanted this driven by an old lady. Mm. Think about that. Mm. And I said to them, yeah, this, this was mm. a one-owner car, and I lied to them. And they left and didn't buy the car, and I sat down at my desk, and the Lord challenged me, is this really what you want to do in your career, start mm. off by lying? And the Lord hit me with a massive, massive stick. It was way larger than a two-by-four. It was a... <laughs> brick and a stick, you might say. And I thought about that. I go, Lord, is that really what I want to do? No, I don't want to. And so I called up the customer and asked him if I could come to see him. And I met him at his business. And I said, I, I lied to you. Hmm. And I'm sorry. And will you please forgive me? What I told you was not true. And he said, yeah, it's okay. I forgive you. And I, I knew I was never going to sell him the car. And I, I left, but I committed myself that I was not going to make a living in a business where I would lie. That's not going to happen. And so these are things that I learned. And you know what? I bold I have to tell you the next day he actually came back and bought the car and he told me I'm buying the car because you were honest with me. So it taught me something. And we're really to be that new self putting on the new self. Well, who is that? You know, Jesus is the greatest person who's ever lived and he's, ch he's challenging us to be like that. And then fifth of abiding, it really, uh, it helps us become successful in our lives. Commit whatever you do and to the Lord and your plans will succeed. So I think these are the benefits of abiding and that is who I'm looking for in a partnership, okay? That's what I'm, you know, the Christian life, only a small percentage of it is on Sunday morning. The vast majority of it is on Monday through Saturday. In fact, if you take those one or two hours out uh, of attending church or, you know, online church, whatever that looks like, you've got 99% of the week left. And that's the portion of the week that we should care about as much as Sunday morning. So I think those principles of abiding are growing in a relationship with Jesus. So we won't wither. So we have victory over temptation, sin. So we can grow in godly character and we become successful in our lives. And that's abiding in Christ and it has such great benefits. And therein lies the problem, Paul. Where do I find a partner like this? Paul, Paul, Paul what you're seeing is really, really fundamental. 
And um, and for our listeners, let's let's continue in, in our let's get practical section. Bold. Let's get practical. So this is our let's get practical section. And in reality, Paul, you've already started giving us the keys to really uh, successful and thriving uh, business or ministry partnerships. You mentioned that really we need to be um, firstly concerned um, about the per- like who is that person. Does that person have a relationship with Jesus um, the same way? Do I have a relationship with Jesus? Am I abiding? And does that person um, abide? Because the, the repercussions um, are really um, significant. So you mentioned that. And would you mind just giving us again these, these consequences or these things that come out of abiding that I just mentioned? Just if you can touch on them briefly and, um, and, and then we'll go to the next point. Yeah, you know, the principles of abiding... First, we have a growing, close relationship with Jesus. The second, we won't wither. We don't want to be that branch that's thrown away. Third, we have victory over temptation to sin. Fourth, we can grow in godly character, saying, you know, kissing the old goodbye and bringing in the new. And fifth, we become successful in our lives. That's what happens when we abide. Wow. And that's really what is fundamental in choosing uh, the right partner for, for our business, for our ministry. It's in your hands. We'll support you. So take courage and do it. I know you can do it. Anything else, Paul, that you want to say before we transition towards the end of the show? Well, I think I spent a lot of time in prayer on that. It was a daily request. And, you know, for me, I just kept asking the Lord, who should this be? I'm not able to do this on my own, leading a ministry and business. So I need somebody. And and all of a sudden, there was a fellow that came to visit me. And he asked me, uh, Paul, is there a business that I would be able to buy? And I sent him away to another business. And he came back a month later. No, that's not the right one. And he came back and I said, well, how about this one? And I sent him to another place. And the third time he came back and said, no, that's not the right one for me. And then that's when the Lord just clearly told me, I sensed from him, this is the person you're actually supposed to get into business with. And that was the start of my partnership with uh, my current partner. So, you know, I wanted a partner who recognizes that we won't have all the answers, that God will have better ways, and that we can't, that we can wait and listen for God's voice in this. And so that was part of my journey in, in uh, doing that. And it's great. I, I will say this, Bold, that um, in, um, in business, in the business that I operate or you operate, the question might be, do I actually own it? Or do you actually own your business? And Psalm 24 says something here that I find amazing. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. But David clearly reminds us that the world does not belong to anyone else other than God and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to who? To God. Mm -hmm. 
Now that really sums up this entire conversation, doesn't it? I really need to seek the real owner of my business. So let me close with this final comment here uh, on partnership. First Corinthians 1 Corinthians 1.9, it says, God will do this, for he is faithful to do what he says, and he has invited you into partnership with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And there's the invitation from Jesus, our Lord. Will you join him? Will you join him in the business you operate as his partner? <laughs> I, I can't think of a better way to, to conclude this, Paul. This has been really great. Thank you so much. And if you are listening out there, please reach out if you want to give a try to the Way Discipleship Program that we talked about at the beginning. Um, and uh, thank you very much, Paul, for being our guest today and giving us these key things about business and ministry partnerships. I'm Paul Kere, your host, and this is Thrive 1110. When honest people prosper, the whole city celebrates. Thrive 1110. To learn more or to connect with Bold, go to thrive1110.ca.